Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. The new Hebraic year 5780 began on Rosh Hashanah, September the 29th, 2019. It will carry us into the year 2020 and end next year, of course, at Rosh Hashanah. Now, we know that the Jews believe God's calendar is revelatory to help us focus on the possibilities. Say possibilities. The possibilities contained in the seasons of our life. We know that God is very methodical. We know that God moves from season to season to season. Genesis chapter one, as you remember, says, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs, notice the word signs, to mark sacred times, days, and years. So God made it very clear that there are seasons and these seasons and these times serve as a mark. There's a mark that he places on seasons. There's a mark that he places on time. So the question that we ask, of course, as we're beginning this new year with, uh, with the nation of Israel. Now, we operate off the Gregorian calendar, which begins for us January 1. But the Jews are operating off of this calendar of Rosh Hashanah. It goes from September to September, sometimes October, but from fall to fall is their calendar that they operate off of. And so this is the Hebraic calendar that we're considering this morning. And we have to ask the question, what mark has God placed on this year of 5780 or for you and I, the year 2020? I want you to look at Acts chapter two and I'm just going to paraphrase verses one through four, and then I want to drop down and pick up verse 14. But you remember the story in Acts chapter two, the birthing of the church. It was the day of Pentecost. Suddenly there was a sound like the blowing of wind. It filled the upper house. Tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. And they begin to speak in other tongues or other languages as the spirit enabled them or prompted them. Now, you remember that there were nations represented there that day. They were coming out of the hour of prayer, and they heard this commotion, and they gathered around asking the question, what is this that is happening? They began to say, these men are drunk on wine. But look down at verse 14, facing this crowd. Now, understand that this is Peter who denied him three times. And yet here on the day of Pentecost, after receiving the breath. Now, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it's called Ruach HaKodesh, which means holy breath. But it's the same thing here in Acts chapter two, the breath of God. After receiving the breath of God, then Peter, in verse 14, it says, then Peter stood up and raised his voice. Today, Hebraic year 5780, it is the year of pay. May it be the year of expression. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask that you would anoint us. We already sense your presence. 
give us revelation into this new year, the year 5780 on the Hebraic calendar. Father, you gave us seasons to serve as signs and to mark times. So help us to understand this mark on this year and what it means to us. We pray this today in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Very quickly, just laying some groundwork, trying to understand the numbers, talking about numbers on the Hebraic calendar. For those of you that are new to this, please know that in Hebrew, numbers are also letters. And so in Hebrew, 5780, the year that they're in now, this new year for them, the year 5780, in that number is a set of letters. Now, it's the millennium of 5700 which means may it be the year of, and then it's the year, the decade of 80, which means the letter pay. So it is the letter pay, the number 80. Now, the letter pay means mouth. It means uh, extension, by extension it means word, expression, speech, or breath. So, this year of 5780 for the nation of Israel means, may it be the millennium, the decade of expression. So whenever a Jew looks at the number 5780, he sees the number, but he also sees the letters. He sees the year that it represents, but he also sees the wording in those letters or those numbers, excuse me. So what he sees is the wording, may it be the year of pay, or may it be the year of the mouth, or may it be the year of the breath, or may it be the year of expression. That's what a Jew thinks when he looks at the year 5700, 5780, may it be the year of the mouth. So for the next 10 years, 80, to 89, for the next 10 years, they see this decade as a 10-year period of the mouth, of expression, of speech, and of breath. But now, I want you to look back just briefly at the decade that we just came out of. Now, the decade of 70, it ended with 79. The decade of 70 was the Hebrew letter ayin, which was the season of the eye or the seer or vision. So notice here the order that it's following. Notice the Hebrew alphabet order. First came Ayin, the decade, suggesting the priority of the eyes and understanding and awareness. But then second comes Pei, the decade of the mouth or verbal expression. So just notice the progression there. The last 10 years was 10 years to see, to understand, awareness, revelation. But the next 10 years that we're going into is the 10 years of expression, speech, mouth, the breath of God, the Ruach HaKodesh. That's the decade we're going into. So know this, Ayin, the decade of 70, gives insight but it is the pay, the decade of 80s, that gives inside expression. So know this, the last 10 years, we've been getting insight, 
But the next 10 years, there's a possibility if the church will grab this revelation that we can express what we just saw. Okay, are you with me? For 70s, we saw some things. But the 80s, we, now to, we, we need to now express those things. So where we had our eyes, now we have our mouth. And so for the Jew, they're going into this new year and seeing the 10 years in front of them as a season of the mouth. For you and I, it's the year 2020, 2020 vision, perfect vision. We just had 10 years of insight so now we've got 2020 vision. Are you with me? We've been seeing, we've been perceiving, we've had insight, we've had awareness, but now it's time to start talking. Now it's time to start speaking. Ayin, the 70s, gives us insight, but it is the pay the 80s that gives, gives inside expression. It's not enough just to learn something, you gotta express it. It's not enough just to give, get revelation, you gotta reveal that. It's not enough just to have awareness, but you gotta step up and open your mouth and say something. And that's the year that we're going into. That's the decade that we're walking into. So let's look at the mystery of pay for a few minutes. Pay are the number 80. Now, pay is comprised by what Jews believe, two letters there, actually three, but I'm only gonna talk about two right now. Kof, which means container for the soul, and yod, which is hidden divine spark. Okay, yod and kof, container and divine spark. So pay is a picture of the divine spark housed or hidden within your soul. That's one of my main points this morning that you've got to take. That as we go into this next 10 year period, you need to understand that it is believed that housed within the soul is a divine spark. Now you're gonna say, give me scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11. He has set eternity in the human heart. That's why the human believes that he'll live forever. That's why we don't comprehend death. That's why when we go to funerals, we struggle with it. Because for us, we can't get our minds wrapped around the life passing away. We don't understand that. Because within us is a divine spark. Within us is a sense of eternity. We feel that we're going to live forever because we are going to live forever. That's why humans have a tendency to meditate to get into to, uh, reflection and, and, and thinking of the future and, and thinking of living forever, where animals don't do that. It's because we have a spirit and a soul where animals only have a soul. Animals don't live forever. I'm sorry, I know you love your cat and your dog, but they don't have a spirit. They're not gonna live forever, okay? Animals will pass away, but humans pass from this life to the next life because we are created in the image of God and we have that divine spark. We have that sense of eternity. Soul sparks, we'll call it this morning. Soul sparks are those small ignitions 
of inspiration that can be fanned into a consuming fire. And that's why I'm here today. That's what you saw with Peter, a divine spark that caused him to stand up on the day of Pentecost and to raise his voice and it fanned into a flame. That's what revival is when there's a divine spark in someone and suddenly we fan that divine spark into a consuming fire. I've come here today to reignite your soul spark. To reignite your soul spark. That divine spark, that soul spark, that inspiration, that something inside of you that causes you to rise up and to make a difference, to embrace the change, to go forward, to do something for the kingdom of God. Divine sparks, so sparks, where it begins to light up the church because that's what's contained in this letter, pay. They believe it, the Jew believes. When he looks at the letter, pay, he sees divine spark that's housed within the soul of a human being. Pay, pay. Divine spark. Listen to Texas A&M University. Inspiration acts as a motivational concept in which inspiration is generated from a source and a person then captures an idea and then is driven to produce some creative outcome as a result. Inspiration, ideal, outcome. Let me just let you know this morning that the source of that is Holy Spirit. That the ideal is God's prophetic word over your life and the creative creative outcome is the life that you choose to live. So Holy Spirit wants to inspire you. He wants to awaken the prophetic word in your life and he wants you to begin to express that and live out the life that God has for you. He wants to stir up the divine spark in you. Peter said it this way, awaken, O thou sleeper, and his light will shine upon you, a divine spark. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, don't suppress the spirit. Don't stifle those who have a word from the master. Don't do it. Notice two things, suppress the spirit and stifle the prophets. He said, don't do that. I'm here this morning to tell you that sensitivity to Holy Spirit and associating with inspirational people will reignite your soul spark. If you're watching on the web and you feel dead, it may be because you're in a dead church. It may be because you're not associating with people of inspiration. It may be because you're not in a presence-driven, spirit-filled church. If you want to be spirit-filled, you need to be in a spirit-filled church. If you want fire in your heart, you need to be in a church where there's fire on the altar. If you want to be inspired, you need to be around people of inspiration. You've got to be around people that will inspire you. He said, A, don't suppress Holy Spirit, and B, don't stifle inspirational people. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Remember, Israel... The day of Pentecost, the birth of the church. Go back in the book of Exodus and the birth of a nation at Sinai when the Torah was given, when the word was given. Two events, same day, same thing. The same same happening. 
But on the mountain, when the fire fell, Israel backed up and told Moses, we're afraid of him. You talk to him and then tell us what he said. And then they put God in a box. We call it the Ark of the Covenant. We put God in a box because we want to be able to carry God around and control him and maintain him. And we don't like it when God gets outside the box. So we have religion that contains him. Don't let him out of the box. It's a fearful, terrifying box. If you touch it, you die. And so we contain God, we restrain him, we limit him, and we carry God around in the box. But on the day of Pentecost, the veil was torn and God got out of the box. God's out of the box now, he's out of the box. But we're still with our religion trying to contain him. You can't do this, you can't do that, don't do this, don't do that, because we're afraid of the box. We're afraid of him. We're afraid of what he might do. He scares us. But, it's a, but it is necessary for us to let God out of the box, not to suppress Holy Spirit, not to stifle the vocal gifts, not to stifle those things, but to release those things in our house because we desperately need to hear the word of the Lord. But we've dismissed Holy Spirit from our churches. No prophesying, no word of knowledge, no tongues, no interpretation. The vocal, the vocal gifts have been suppressed because we're afraid of Holy Spirit. But if we're going to be the church, then we've got to have the vocal gifts in our services. We need to hear what God is saying. You don't need a sermon from me, you need a message. You don't need some sermon from me, you need a rhema word from God. You need to know what God is saying, not what I'm saying. So this is the year of pay. It's the decade of pay. It is the decade of the mouth, of expression, of speaking, of the breath, of the vocal gifts. It is the time for us to hear the word of the Lord. So inspiration comes. We need to be sensitive to Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the vocal gifts and allow them to operate. Second Peter chapter one, verse 21. For prophecy came not by the will of man at any time, but by the holy men of God spoke excuse me, but the holy men of God spoke inspired by the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to reverse that. I numbered it on purpose. I want you to read it backwards. I want you to reverse the flow of that verse. I want you to understand that an inspired decree activates God's prophetic word over your life. Notice that. Inspired by the Spirit, men can decree and activate the prophetic word. How many has ever had a prophetic word given to you? Raise your hand. All right, all right. How many are still waiting on some of those words to be fulfilled? Listen, we've got to learn to activate words by decreeing the word of the Lord. I'm not talking about trying to make something happen, but we have to learn how, when inspired by Holy Spirit, to speak out the decree and thus to activate the prophetic word. There comes a time when Holy Spirit will nudge you and say, now. He'll say, now. And suddenly, inspired by the Holy Spirit, I decree the word of the Lord. I decree it. And when I do, it activates that prophetic word. Notice this. Notice this. God's speech creates reality. God's speech creates reality. In the beginning, God said, let there be. And there was. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all things are created by Him. In the beginning, God said, let there be, 
and it happened. God's speech creates reality. We need to learn as God's children to mark our words and to understand there comes a time when inspired by Holy Spirit, I can decree the word of the Lord and activate his prophetic word. I've said it to you many times that in a service like this, if he will speak to me, if he will inspire me, he's the source. If he inspires that divine spark within me, if I listen to him and I step up and I release the word of the Lord that can activate the spirit of prophecy and miracles begin to happen. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen to the glory of God. Notice this. Uh, now, we've talked about this before, but never those last two words. The promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen, but there's a partnership between God and you and I that has to take place. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So what does that mean? Double-edged is to stomos. It means two mouths. Dis meaning two, stoma meaning mouth. So we see the partnership between God and man. The saints amen to God's yes activates his promise. So God comes down and says, I will heal you. He says, yes, I will heal you. The saints must step up and say amen, and thus the double-edged sword, the stomos, my mouth, God's mouth together releases the prophetic word and activates the prophetic word and lives are transformed when the church aligns itself with God and suddenly things begin to shift. Distomos, two mouths, God's mouth and our mouth. Distomos is a double-edged sword. God says it, the church agrees with it, and boom, power is released. Back to inspiration. Holy Spirit is the source. The ideal is the prophetic word, and the outcome is miracles. Inspiration, inspiration. We're talking about the mystery of the letter pay. Pay, the letter pay. But I want you to notice here, it's not only made up of yod and kaf, which is the divine spark and the soul of a man or a woman, but hidden in this letter is the letter bet. Notice that. It's just that blank space. Bet. Hidden, hidden, hidden in there. The mystery of the letter pay is seen in this blank space. You see, the letter bet means house, okay? And I don't have time to qualify this, but it's in Genesis, but it also speaks of creation. House and creation. The Jew looks at bet and he thinks of the house of creation. Okay, Ephesians chapter two, verse 15. His purpose, speaking of God, was to create. So we know that in the beginning, God said, let there be light. That word God in the Hebrews is the word Elohim, which means creator God. In the beginning, Elohim said, let there be. His speech creates reality. But you and I created in Elohim's image. 
We are instinctively creative. That's why people write poetry, write songs, play instruments, speak, act, dance. It's because we are created in Elohim's image and instinctively we are creative people. That's why men draw blueprints and they build and they imagine and they dream and they, that's why Walt Disney created Walt Disney World, a place where dreams come true. Where does that come from? It comes from inside of the human being is the DNA of Elohim. We want to create we want to build something. We want to do something. That's because we were created in his image. Now, a well-respected ancient Aramaic translation renders the phrase of Genesis 2-7, speaking of man, he was created a living soul, but it translates it a speaking spirit, that man was a speaking spirit. This is the difference between man and the animals. Man stood up from the dust of the earth and he was a speaking spirit. He had a soul, he had a body, but he also had a speaking spirit. He was able to walk with God in the cool of the day and speak with God. Where the animals couldn't, man could. That's the difference. That's the difference, speaking spirit. Understand that you were created in his image. Not only to have a body that is conscious of this world, not only to have a soul that is conscious of yourself, but to have a spirit where you can be conscious of God and you're able to speak with God. You're able to speak with him and for him. You're not here just to speak about him, but we are here to speak for him. That's the difference between preaching a sermon and preaching a message. A message is when you stand up and you say, thus saith the Lord, and you deliver the word of the Lord. It is a message that you're trying to deliver. This is the decade of pay. It's the decade of the mouth. It's the decade of speech. It's the decade of breath. It's the decade of expression. It's the decade of the speaking spirits. Spirits, the sons of God. You need to understand that. In Genesis chapter two, the Bible says he, he breathed on man. Rock HaKodesh. And man stood up a speaking spirit. In the book of Acts, in chapter two, the Bible says a wind filled the upper room and filled the church and it stood up and Peter found his voice, a speaking spirit. He raised his voice. He began to speak. Think of that. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. You can speak life or you can speak death. You gotta be careful. And this is where the word of faith movement did a great job, okay, on that one point where traditional Pentecost missed it. We missed it there. The word of faith reminded us, and I'm not saying I agreed with everything, but I am saying that I agreed with the fact that they brought our attention to the fact that we need to guard the words of our mouth, that we need to be careful, that I can walk into a room and shift the atmosphere with the words of my mouth, that I can speak life or I can speak death, that I can curse or I can bless. And we need to recognize the power of the tongue. You need to recognize your mouth 
and how dangerous of an instrument that is. That's why the New Testament talks about the tongue being a small member, but what a great fire it can start. The tongue is powerful and you have to be careful with what you say. You see, the divine spark of creativity is encoded in your DNA. The divine spark of creativity is encoded in your DNA. That's why we have to be careful with our words. God said, let there be, and there was. God's speech creates reality. What does our speech create? Just asking. Just asking. How many believes that with your words you can curse a child, cripple them emotionally? You can create a mindset in them that will cripple them for the rest of their life. You're stupid. You never amount to nothing. Cripple that child. The ability to create with your words. Or you can look at that child and say, mm, you're blessed and highly favored. You know, God's got a calling on your life. You know, his fingerprints are all over you. You're so gifted and talented. I'm so proud of you. You're gonna do great things for the kingdom of God. And suddenly you create a world changer. Am I tracking here with you or am I just, you got your mind on the Dallas football game at three o'clock. Listen. Creativity, that divine spark is encoded in our DNA. Can't help it, can't help it. Want to change something, create something, build something, do something. You can't help it. It's locked up inside of you. You've got the power of the tongue, life and death, and you've got to be careful with that. But remember that there are three languages that we, we acknowledge the day of Pentecost and what happened. Three tongues. We, we know there is the unknown tongue, the unknown tongue, where it's for private use, where you pray in the spirit. And then there's the gift of tongues, which is used for public consumption where there is a gift of tongues and interpretation. But then there's what I call tongues of inspiration. And we use that one in the marketplace. Because the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter two, they spake in other languages where all the nations that were, were represented there could understand them. And they did that as they were enabled. The word enabled there in the Greek means speak by inspiration to enunciate plainly, to speak in such a way that they can hear you. So, Whenever you're spirit-filled, Matthew chapter 10, do not worry about what you're gonna say when you go to ExxonMobil, Walmart, Wells Fargo, CEO boardroom, construction site. Don't worry about what you're gonna say. At that time, you'll be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Enable you to inspire you where you can enunciate plainly, where I, as a pastor, I can stand here and speak to you as a theologian, but then I can go to City Hall and talk like a council member. But then I can go to ExxonMobil and talk to the CEO or out on the site and talk to the refinery worker. Or I can go on a construction site and talk to an electrician, a plumber. Uh, I can talk to a welder. I can go into Walmart and talk to the checkout, the lady at the checkout counter. I can talk to doctors and lawyers. I can talk to CPAs and I can talk. I've done it for 40 years. And when you walk into situations, you can pause for just a moment and say, Holy Spirit, would you enable me 
Would you inspire me where I can speak plainly, where I can enunciate, where they can understand, the, understand what I'm saying in their own language? You don't talk to the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation the same way you talk to a guy that's on a construction site. Two different languages and you as a speaking spirit need to learn how to talk to both of them. That's how the church makes a difference. That's how we change the world. Locked up in your DNA is creativity. The Hebraic decade of declaration is the decade of vocal gifts. The next 10 years, I believe, if we're willing to grab this revelation, According to your faith, so be it, Jesus said. What are we willing to believe for? I believe over the next 10 years, we can see an uptick in the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. We can see an uptick in the tongues of inspiration where we, speaking spirits, can walk into a situation and speak the language that they need to hear and what they can understand. We can do it. Job chapter 22, thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and light shall shine upon thy ways. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it will be established, and light, understanding will come. Listen to me, church. With 2020 vision, this is the year to restore the authority to the voice of the speaking spirits. The decade of 70s, Ain, insight, awareness, revelation, 10 years of the eyes. Transitioning out of that into the next 10 years of pay, voice, mouth, speech, expression. It's time to speak what we saw to speak what we understood, to speak the insight that we got. It's time. I can see it in my life. I can see it in my ministry. Behind me, I look back and I see steps. I can see it. Going back. Things that happened then that I, I didn't always understand. And then things that happened and I question. Things like not in my city. Things. Connections. Like God moving the pieces on a chessboard. Election. And now. I see. And now. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready. Ain and pay. You can decree a thing. Now remember the word decree, that deals with like a court order. That's a legal term. You may declare what you already have, like in customs. Do you have anything to declare? You can declare what you already have. But a decree, that's a, that's a legal term. You, you gotta be careful with that. You gotta make sure you're decreeing what God said. But you can decree a thing, legal, 
courtroom, law, authority. You can decree a thing, and when you do, you establish it. And when you do that, light shines, and people have revelation. We can do that in the city of Beaumont. We can decree the word of the Lord, what God is saying to our region. And when we do that, suddenly things start getting established. The kingdom of God begins to take root. It begins to take hold of things. And suddenly there's light, and people are coming out of darkness, and people are being delivered. Are you with me on this? We got to decree the word of the Lord. We got to understand what's God saying to Southeast Texas, and then we got to decree that. And when you decree the word of the Lord, you establish it. You need to do that in your home. You need a word for your home, a word for your family. You need to walk around your house. I do it. I walk around my house and I speak the word of the Lord. I, I make things, I say things over my family, my children and my children's children. I decree things. You gotta decree things. You gotta take authority over your family. You gotta take authority over your home. Listen, we need to restore the authority of the speaking spirits. We gotta quit letting hell push us around, push us in a corner. We gotta quit letting darkness take over our families, our schools, our government, our businesses, our cities. When is the church gonna stand up, find its voice, and begin to decree the word of the Lord? You okay? Okay, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm, the plane is coming in for a landing. I feel that. Authority. The next 10 years could be a great time of authority for the church if it would find its mouth. Stephen, come help me. I want you to notice something here. I don't, I don't want it to get, it's not complicated. I, it, it's, it's really not. Um, but there's so much richness to, to the Hebrew alphabet, the numbers. It's just so much there. But I, I want you to notice that. Guys, put the next pay up on the screen. The keystroke and the letter pay. Now, this is the letter pay. Now, that white part, does that look to you like a mouth? Open wide your mouth. Psalms chapter 81, God said to Israel, and I will fill it. Mouth. But you see that dot? Now, this is the keystroke in that letter is the dagesh. It's a small dot placed inside the soul at the tip of divine spark. Okay, now I'm telling what Jews believe. Now guys, go to the next one. But when you take that out, you see it's taken out. When you, when you void, when you're void of the dagesh, the letter pay takes on a new soft sound and becomes fey. Okay? Now leave that up just for a second, guys. Jewish tradition teaches the difference between pay and fey is the tooth, that dot has been removed. That's where you get the difference between Passover, pay, Pharaoh, fey. You see the difference? Passover, it's got teeth to it. Pharaoh, fey is toothless. 
because Passover, Israel glorified God. Pharaoh never would. Are you with me? Passover, Pharaoh. During this decade of the mouth, those of you watching online, if you're a leader, please listen to me. If you're in this room and you're a pastor, you're a preacher, please listen to me. During this decade of the mouth, leaders who refuse to use their voice to speak truth and give glory to God may have their tooth removed. A leader with no bite. A leader with no bite. The New Testament speaks about it, leaders that have no substance. Denying the power. Toothless leaders with no bite. With 2020 vision, this is the year, as Peter did, to raise your voice. I would say to all the leaders in this room and watching online, you need to find your voice again. You need to step up in the decade of pay, speak truth and love, but you need to find your voice. And as Peter did, you need to raise your voice and raise it loud. And we need to speak with authority. It's time to restore to the pulpit the authority of gospel preaching, of saying, thus saith the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And let's speak truth to the glory of God. I want you to stand with me. You guys okay? That's good. Second, Tim, Second Timothy chapter one, verse six and seven. It'll be on the screen. I want you to look at this. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I believe today that one thing that God wants to do in this house is that as we enter into this new Hebraic year of pay, he wants to stir up the vocal gifts in our church, the vocal gifts, because this is the decade of the mouth, speech, expression, breath. God is looking for a people that like Peter on the day of Pentecost will get spirit filled and then raise their voice to a community and speak a language that all the nations can understand. Whether they're doctors or lawyers, construction hands, refinery workers, whether they're atheist, agnostic, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever they are, we're speaking spirits and we can talk their language. You see, to really make a difference in the world, you gotta move out of the soulish side, the carnal side, the flesh, and you gotta be a speaking spirit. You gotta be a spirit man, a spirit woman, and speak from the spirit because you're created in Elohim's image and you have creativity within you 
and he'll give you what you need to say, when you need to say it, the way you need to say it, he'll give it to you. You need to find your mouth. You need to raise your voice. But in this house, we need to awaken, stir up the vocal gifts. We understand Corinthians 12 that talks about power gifts and revelatory gifts, and, but there's, there's vocal gifts too. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation. We, we, we need the vocal gifts. And there are some of you in this room that you know deep inside of you there is that gift, that divine spark. It's housed in there, but you've pushed it down. As we read, you have, you have suppressed Holy Spirit and you stifled the prophetic voice. And it's time for you to let that go. Stir up the gift within and let Holy Spirit use you. Word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, vocal gifts, because we as a people desperately need to hear the word of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.